0: Welcome to Rich Conversations. It's been a bit since our last episode. What's uh what's new? Anything going on? Uh so much has happened and I want to be respectful of the events going on and you know we're seeing this constant pattern of police brutality towards people of color, especially black men, and that George Floyd video. Yikes. Unbelievable. Things like this didn't just start recently you know, while we've seen this going back to like 2013, and you see this correlation with technology. It was around that time, like 2013, when smartphones really became what they are now. And so the digital age is exposing these injustices, violence and systemic racism in our country. And that's what the movement is about. We can do better and America can do better. And I'm excited to see so many Americans, especially young Americans, becoming energized by this. I think it's really important for the future. The disconnect between the rural and urban communities really disheartens me. Um, I believe that this is the division that needs to be focused on most as a country and amending this, this terror that we have in our country. Back in Wisconsin, I was, I was there for like two weeks, just on the tractor, on the farm, Open lands, just me and my thoughts and nature. and uh, but while I was there, you know, people in Wisconsin paid less attention to the message of the protests and the protesters and more to the looting and the violence. And you know I, that's disheartening because I, I really hope that people can take the time to actually reflect on the message and what people are saying and what what is frustrating them. And then in urban areas, there's a tendency to look down on people in rural communities. And they, they direct a lot of anger towards them. And neither of these communities are making attempts to better understand each other. Like really listen. And it really hurts me a lot. And I hate seeing this because, because I love them both. And I've and I've grown so much from the values that, that both of them have instilled in me. I'm a little apprehensive about... The reactionary nature playing out on social media there's so much good don't get me wrong a lot of awesome stuff is happening and um that is terrific but also feels like there's a little bit of crowd following and pressure like everything needs to be instant and right now i see the phrase silence is violence quite a bit and you know personally i feel like inaction is violence actions are are way more important than a tweet or a post And then you see you see and hear things like fuck the police and you you understand where that's coming from. But at the same time, like social media is morphing into this role of the police. And in a time like this, I believe it's incredibly important to reflect and be thoughtful and not just be reactionary and instant. I went to a protest over the weekend in Union Park here in Chicago, and it was a march to honor George Floyd. And there were thousands of people there. It was packed. And it was really powerful. My main takeaway, though, is that we have to be better people to each other. We have to do better. And we can do better. We need more love. We need to show more love. So that brings me back to this podcast and other activities. That's been my goal for the past two years. I want to get better as a person. I want to keep learning and growing and help my communities. I read one book a week to expose myself to new ideas and perspectives, and I have guests on this podcast that I want to listen to and explore my curiosity with. I want to change the world, and I know that I have to change myself first. So that's what I do, and I hope others can learn from my example, the ideas I discuss, and the people that I have on here. So today, I'm joined by Paul Lacrone. We discuss the classic book, Brave New World, by Aldous Huxley. I think that's how you say his name. We recorded this on Memorial Day before uh, the protests happened and everything just kind of blew up, Um, but I still find it so relevant and insightful, and that's why books are classics. Their content is timeless, and the ideas provoke you no matter what year it is. So I'm really excited to share our conversation with you. Let's begin. Alright, so we have Paul here, and I've been doing a lot of reading and I got a suggestion from Paul on Instagram, and it's A Brave New World. And I had checked this book out from the library before. I read a couple chapters and then I kinda went on to another book, but then he recommended it again. And I was like, okay, there's there's something to this book. I need to check this out again. Because we were talking about distraction. And he was like, How have you not read this book yet? So I decided to read it and uh i said hey let's let's get a podcast episode together and talk about this book so here we have paul what's up hey rich how are you i'm good why don't you because you're super into this book why don't you give a summary of the book and what happens and what it's about
1: sure i'll give a summary by telling you what i read of somebody's comment on the book on goodreads.com this comment okay of somebody who didn't like the book he said (laughs) such a silly comment it said i didn't like the book there was no action in it and that's exactly what the book is about it's a book about a world where action is not allowed it's a book about what would happen if we we kept people kept people's heads down not by not in the style of 1984 of punishment but of reward and reward is a very reward is a great way to well incentive incentivize people by reward but reward is also can be used as a way to really kind of keep action out of the picture so brave new world is exactly like you said it's a it's a book about distractions it's a book about technology and drugs well technology being used as a drug rather than a means to challenge us and it's a world where literature and the arts and concepts like commitment and difficulty are no longer necessary because there are no more difficulties and there are no more there are no more commitments to commit to And that's why I think it's so fascinating. And I can read you one of my favorite passages from the book as well. Yes, please do. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, it's about I'm curious which one
0: this will be because I've been highlighting uh, a lot of things throughout.
1: So it goes like this. My dear young friend, said Mustafa Mond, civilization has absolutely no need of nobility or heroism. These things are symptoms of political inefficiency. In a properly organized society like ours, nobody has any opportunities for being noble or heroic. Conditions have got to be thoroughly unstable before the occasion can arise. Where there are wars, where there are divided allegiances, where there are temptations to be revisited, objects of love to be fought for or defended, there obviously nobility and heroism have some sense. But there aren't any wars nowadays. The greatest care is taken to prevent you from loving anyone too much. There's no such thing as a divided allegiance. You're so conditioned that you can't help doing what you ought to do. And what you ought to do is on the whole so pleasant, so many of the natural impulses are allowed free play, that there really aren't any temptations to resist. And if ever, by some unlucky chance, anything unpleasant should somehow happen. Why? There's always some soma to give you a holiday from the facts. And there's always soma to calm your anger, to reconcile you to your enemies, to make you patient and long-suffering. In the past, you could only accomplish these things by making a great effort, and after years of hard moral training, now you swallow two or three half-gram tablets, and there you are. Anybody can be virtuous now. You can carry at least half your morality about in a bottle. Christianity without tears, that's what Soma is. And this character called the Savage, which I think is the character of the Savage is really us. It's really the people who strive mm-hmm. for challenges. Right. It's it's the, the culture that we, that you and I are choosing to live in. So what's going on here is this dialogue between the Savage and the controller, Mustafa Man, the controller of the distractions.
0: Which chapter is this? This is like 16 or 17, right?
1: I, well, I'm on page 182 of my copy, and this is chapter... I'm being exposed. I don't know my Roman numerals. X-V-I-I. <laughs> X-V-I-I. That's what... Uh,
0: so that's... Okay, so that's 15 plus 17? <laughs> chapter 17? <laughs> X-V? Yeah, X-V-I-I. Yeah, that's 17.
1: Okay. Chapter, chapter
0: 16 and 17, that's when, like... Mm-hmm. The big payoff of this book with all exactly. these passages about life and like you were saying, like like Soma is this term for for drugs, right? It basically numbs your feelings.
1: Right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It puts you in this unconscious, this this dreamlike state. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And the, the savage responds to all of that. This is so brilliant. But the tears are necessary. Don't you remember what Othello said? If after every tempest came such calms, may the winds blow till they have wakened death. There's a story of one of the old Indians used to tell us about the girl of Makotsky. The young men who wanted to marry her had to do a morning's hoeing in her garden. It seemed easy, but there were flies and mosquitoes, magic ones. Most of the young men simply couldn't stand the biting and stinging. But the one that could, he got the girl. Mustafa Man responds, charming, but in civilized countries, said the controller. You can have girls without hoeing for them, and there aren't any flies or mosquitoes to sting you. We got rid of all of them centuries ago, and this part's my favorite. The savage nodded, frowning. You got rid of them, yes, that's just like you. Getting rid of everything unpleasant instead of learning to put up with it. Whether tis better in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing end them. But you don't do either. Neither suffer nor oppose. You just abolish the slings and arrows. It's too easy.
0: So that brings me to this theme. This theme throughout the book of the opposition or like the the two extremes of truth and happiness. And how you can't have... Um, you can only have one of them. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. So the, the character, of the savage... Yeah. He's searching for truth, and the truth is, oftentimes ugly to get there, yes. and and happiness in this world. So there's this like world state in the book, mm-hmm. and it's all about happiness. Everybody's at uh, how would you explain it? Like everybody is conditioned at a certain caste level of mm-hmm. the society, and
1: yeah, to really- let temptations run about,
0: and you uh. You're never alone, so you're never thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. And then if you're alone or or you start thinking, you exactly. get a little little anxious, yep. and then you take one of these sama tablets, these there's, drugs there's to numb you. Again.
1: Where, yeah, there's that scene where the the savage is with um, uh, the female character whose name I'm forgetting now, but they're they're in one of those flying yeah, Lania, Laninia,
0: or Leninia. something like that.
1: Yes, and they're staring out over over the city, I believe, during the nighttime, and the savage. Mm really likes really likes that being alone with the darkness and how quiet it is and she does not that makes her very apprehensive and she she wants to look away or to have some kind of stimulus take her out of that and that reminds me of this little quote from zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance which is to say that we think that what's on tv is more interesting than what's going on in our thoughts so well yeah back to that it's like yeah that's why we pop the soma pills because we think that's more interesting than what's what we could be paying attention to in our own psyche
0: and this book is written in 1932
1: yeah right? brave new world was written in 1932 and huxley wrote brave new world revisited in um, 20 years after i think if i have that right okay yeah um, yeah but it's exactly that it's Yeah, and I'm not against, it's hard to talk about these things without sounding like we're against technology or that we're against these tools that we have. I'm not. It's about being able to use them properly and with respect, Right. being able to- With intention. Exactly, exactly.
0: What it reminds me of, okay, so you can't help but think when you're reading this about Mm -hmm. our phones and our tablets and our screens, where everything is designed- with game theory in mind and the psychology of the user to get them addicted to the screens. So every mm. time you have a thought, it's thinking is a hard exercise.
1: Yes, And like people don't do it often, yes. <laughs> it's
0: very tough and you have to confront a lot of things. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. What's easier is to pop in, I guess you wouldn't pop in, that's like a VHS term, but you put on Netflix, you watch something on YouTube, you listen to mm. a song, Anything to distract you from your thoughts, because your thoughts are difficult, and mm-hmm. and it's just easier to distract yourself. And we're living in a society, you could argue, more so now during this time. Every generation has mm-hmm. their distractions, but now our distractions have come closer and closer to us. So it was the TV, and then it's, say, in your hands, but now it's in your pocket. And every time yeah. something that this distraction thinks you'll be interested in, it will vibrate and it will get your attention. So it's all yeah. about wanting your attention and giving that attention to those distractions rather than being intentional and and thinking for yourself.
1: Yeah, the distractions are getting closer to us. It used yes. to be the case where we would be at work and the TV and the computer would be at home. Now those things are with us. And now we're being, it's, well, it's kind of like when you have a job where you're told what to do next, and then you come home and you're told what to watch next. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. And so, yeah, it's it's about, it encourages this kind of passiveness to it. You, you're rewarded for the pass, this passivity that you have to consume this content passively. And the right way to go about doing it is to be very conscious about who you follow. I forget who said, somebody tweeted this, is that when you follow somebody, you're letting them brainwash you with your ideas.
0: So you better get brainwashed with good
1: ideas. Yeah, you got. You, well, exactly. I mean, we, maybe we need to rethink what the word brainwashing means. Or we yeah. maybe brainwashing isn't necessarily a bad thing if we're yeah, if we're washing everywhere. ourselves with with good ideas. We're yeah. cleansing our mind from this filth we passively collect by not paying attention to what it is that we're paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I think and it it relates especially to this this time right now with the quarantine and a lot of people are working remotely, staying at home and your distractions now are very limited. You can't go out, you know, to the bar. You can't go out to so and so. So now you're stuck with your thoughts and and you're confronted with a lot of emotions that maybe you haven't uh, thought about recently.
1: If you're not used to that sort of thing, if you're not somebody who's well, yeah this is a time that introverted people are are not having too much difficulty with not all of them but i think people who are more who have more introverted traits mm-hmm. for me for example it's taken me a long time to feel that cabin fever of man i really miss hiking for people who are highly extroverted this is probably very very difficult because they thrive on social stimulus in a yeah. different they thrive they thrive on physical social stimulus, of course, then. Yeah. yeah. And so back to distractions. Well I like the way that you illustrated distractions in your book. It's it's strange. Well how come distractions are illustrated as these circles, as as these like who came up with that that visualization of a distraction of those those hypnotizing little circles in people's eyes that you see in cartoons and yeah, all that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what it it's really does make
1: sense. Of. It's yeah, that's that's sort of what it feels like when you're scrolling through Twitter, through Facebook, or through Instagram, or what have you. It's this drowsy sort of feeling. It, you're not creating anything of value, and again, I'm not you're against. You're not in technology. control. Yeah, in exactly. You're not in control. And then it, what makes Brave New World so Brave New World is a book that's it's got this psychological claustrophobia when you read it, which is why it terrified me so much. I wanted to pull these damn characters out of this world because you you know when you read this is like, oh my god, how can things end up like this? this is this is terrifying and it's terrifying not because there's these monsters or these scary characters but because it's so subtle because what's right in front of them is what's is what's trapping them and they don't realize it or they realize it and they don't care there's this apathy to it and the savage knows and the savage knows and that's why he says it took me a while to realize what the title of this book meant brave new world it's got this irony to it oh brave it's, new it's world it's
0: not until like chapter 14 where you yeah. start to realize what it actually yeah
1: Yeah. Oh, brave new world with such people in it. Oh, oh, is what he says. Oh, brave new world. Brave new world. Well, what's Mm -hmm. brave about all of this? Well, on one side, it's like somebody had the bravery to take science to, to, well, too far, I suppose. And then on the other side, it's this irony that nothing brave is happening here at all. Yeah.
0: No bravery exists. There's no heroism or right. heroism. There's, no, there's
1: there's no commitment. Commitment yeah. isn't allowed. You're not allowed to love somebody. Or that's you know
0: it's so weird. It's like yeah. reading this book at the beginning and it's it's pretty like pretty like like it really grabs your attention of yeah. like how it's not even I wouldn't say courtship, but everybody shares. Everybody everybody mm-hmm. is everybody's property. Everybody belongs to
1: everybody else.
0: And like it's it's what do you call it's damning that you've been seeing someone for four months
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and like you have feelings for like one person right. and it's like frowned upon and yeah. Yeah. and some of these like like the the sexuality in this book can you imagine mm-hmm. i mean it's like kind of like jarring to read it now but in 1932 when this came out right, right now,
1: it's uncanny aldous huxley was so brilliant he he probably didn't know how brilliant he was because he didn't live till today to see
0: yeah
1: how these things how how we're forgetting the importance of challenge and of of commitment to something or somebody and the sacrifice that's involved in that yeah. that's why huxley was so brilliant and it's the only book of his that i've read and i know that he's written some other brilliant books as well but the foresight that he had and even yeah. if some people could say, well, the story itself wasn't that great or the details were lacking. But really underneath here, what's going on is something that you have to be careful when you talk about it because you don't want to sound conspiratorial. But these these subtle things are happening where we're slowly starting to forget mm-hmm. what it means to use technology in a way that's productive to attain a meaningful end. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. It's psychologically, like I said, it's psychologically claustrophobic. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, like, to the point where, like, two dudes on Memorial Day yeah. are talking about this, this old yeah. book. Um,
1: I doubt he was ever thinking of that happening with his book. Or maybe
0: he was. I don't know. Uh. But it's, like, so relevant today. I, I, I think of, you know, here we're in the 21st century, and we have this technology that we have, and it's so powerful right. that we have all the information that's probably ever existed in the world yep. right here on our phones, and how are we using it it seems like a lot of society it's so addicting like this this tablet will promise you that you'll never be bored and always entertained that's a pretty awesome promise mm-hmm. you know but you'll never think but if you want if you want to be the happiest that you can be you have to think and you have to take the steps which are take a lot of effort and hard work to mm-hmm to reach that, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you want to be the happiest you can be, you've got to do the thinking for yourself. Well, you get this kind of artificial sense of happiness or fulfillment mm-hmm. when you let when you let these services decide for you, when you let these services decide what you should do next. Again, it's coming home and letting Netflix tell you what you should watch next, rather than saying, "You know what 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 do I want to do? What do I yeah. want to create with this?" Or what are they saying behind my back? And I don't know about it because I posted something on Facebook before I went to work today. And now I want to come home and see what that's about and yeah. fall into that rabbit hole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm I'm uh, it sounds so retrograde to say, oh, look, we have the Internet. We can create things and share things, which is what Apple's whole marketing Plan was back then, back in the 90s. It was that we can use these, this technology to create awesome things, and it sounds kind of retrograde now to say, w- "What the hell happened to the information superhighway?" Now we have the information, the distraction superhighway. Because back yeah. then, like old technology, old internet culture back in the early 2000s was was kind of campy when you look back on it. it was very cheesy. Have a homepage. Yeah. Come visit my homepage and write in the guest book and all that. And that's still around. The guest book is kind of still around and we need to kind of remember that we can use this technology in an awesome way to connect each other, like to do this. And to not just, gosh, it's like cat videos. I mean, I'm not against cats. I love cats, but cat cat videos are just taking another form through TikTok. It's like the thing is just evolving into some other form. There was like this TikTok cat video that that showed up on Twitter the other day. And it's like, we were sending the same things to each other 20 years ago, just through yeah ancient software technology it's like the same thing really so yeah yeah
0: my belief is that the most successful people will be the ones that are able to use the technologies that we have intentionally mm-hmm. and with purpose mm-hmm. but what that requires is for you to unplug a bit and think for yourself and reflect on who you are what you want to be and what you want to do and then you then just have these incredible tools now to execute your plan that will make you the happiest you think you can be.
1: I absolutely agree. Yeah, there's this that this dichotomy where we we need to separate ourselves from the technology so that we can use it better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why I journal. That's why I I do my best to be able. To... Yeah, there's like this weird dichotomy that goes on when you want to use technology. For meaningful purposes, you have to disengage for a while. You have to disengage and disconnect and start journaling and start thinking through things that are difficult to think through so that you can use this technology to maybe, well, to your advantage sounds very competitive, but to the advantage of you and the people that you want to serve and to the work that you want to create in the world. Exactly, yeah. It's like if you want to, I know that there's a book called Digital Minimalism, I think it's by Cal Newport, and I think Brave New World stands as a testament as to why we need something like a digital minimalism. Why is that even being discussed? Mm-hmm. Well, read Brave New World and you'll understand why. You'll you'll see, not directly, but sort of indirectly, what could happen if we let ourselves be distracted too easily, if we let ourselves be controlled by reward and by stimulus, and if we don't spend 10 minutes however often we want to, just in quiet meditation, enjoying sort of the well enjoying the process of sitting down with all with our monkey mind with the chaos that's going around in our mind it's not like you sit down and suddenly're you're, you're, you're Zen Buddhist yeah. guy and ohm instantly no that's not what happens at all but over time as you learn to meditate you become so to speak at peace with that and once you're at peace with that kind of chaos maybe it becomes better with handling the chaos. That's kind of what mindfulness is. it's being able to be mindful with your own thoughts, the chaos that happens in your psyche so that you can be more mindful of the chaos that occurs digitally.
0: Absolutely that's a great way to put it. And to uh, to close out the talk of this book, you see how important this book is reading it and how it applies to you today and and how you can use it to kind of look at your own life and be aware increase your awareness of your surroundings and how you're using these technologies. Because you probably don't want to end up like these characters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, or you'll end up like, um, like the savage, and uh, don't want to spoil the book, but the, the f- wasn't it wasn't a happy ending.
0: No, no. <laughs> it's not exactly a happy book. No, but
1: it's, no, it's a not a book. It's a, it's, it's a, fan- it's a classic. It's a fantastic. It's, I mean, I can't think of a more necessary classic from the third i mean not that i've read many but it's about technology which runs our lives now so we should read a book about that written in the 30s like that's insane it's so brilliant i love it it's like everybody who everybody who loves technology should read this book
0: yes well said please thanks paul i I appreciate you coming on
1: (laughs) of course rich you're doing you're uh you're doing good work yourself definitely keep it up you're an inspiration for sure
0: Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. You can follow Paul at a penguin latte. Have a positive day and keep learning.